Welcome to Rumination, Lessons in Livestock, Tips for New Livestock Producers. My name is Selena Phillips, and I'm an animal science professor, and will be explaining basic animal production concepts monthly. In episode 2, titled Which Came First, The Diet or the Digestive System, Dr. Phillips discusses the various digestive systems our livestock have and how that can impact our feeding choices. So which came first, the digestive system or the diet? This is an age-old question for animal nutritionists. The animal's dietary needs are greatly influenced by the digestive system of the animal, and the digestive system of the animal is greatly influenced by the diet available. Hence the dilemma. But before we dig too deep into looking at diets and digestive systems, we need to understand some key terms. First, we need to be clear what a nutrient is. A nutrient is defined as a chemical that supports life. There are six general classes of nutrients. Carbohydrates, which makes up over 80% of most livestock diets, and these can include sugars, starches, and fiber. The second group is fats, and these are a high-calorie energy source, usually fed at rates no more than about 10% of the diet, usually less than that, depending on the species. Third, we have proteins, which provide the animals with the necessary building blocks for metabolism. Minerals are inorganic elements required for various cellular activities and tissue support. Vitamins are organic compounds that serve as support for enzymes in the animal's bodies. And water, which is often overlooked because it's usually readily available. It's easy to supply, yet extremely important for nutrient transport and many other functions of the body, including temperature regulation. Now that we understand what a nutrient is and the six classes of nutrients, we need to understand the term digestion. Digestion is the breakdown of large molecules into smaller molecules in preparation for absorption by the animal's body. Digestion can happen in one of four ways, mechanical, chemical, enzymatic, or microbial. And in general, most of the species we deal with have some level of all four of these happening at any point in time. Next, we need to be comfortable with the term absorption, and that is the passage of molecules across the lining of the gut, and this is usually in the small intestine, but other parts can absorb nutrients. And so it's the passage of those molecules across the lining of the gut into the blood or the lymph system. Once those nutrients are in the blood or lymph system, they're going to be carried to tissue. And this is where metabolism comes into play. Metabolism is the summation of the biochemical processes in living tissue. Processes that can be catabolic, which refer to the breakdown or oxidation of tissue for fuels. And when I think of catabolic processes, I think of a lactating female that is most of the time using her own body fat to provide calories for her body. 
Processes can also be anabolic, meaning the buildup and development of tissue, such as young growing animals that are developing muscle, or finishing animals that are developing fat. So now that we've reviewed some of these key terms in animal nutrition, including nutrient, digestion, absorption, and metabolism, let's walk through the digestive system so that we can understand some of the basic functions of each anatomical part. The first part is the mouth, and that's the beginning of the digestive system. Various levels of mechanical digestion, like chewing, are going to occur in the mouth, but it's going to vary from species to species. We may also see some enzymatic digestion, as well as addition of saliva to the food bolus to assist in passage to the rest of the GI tract. Next is the esophagus, which is a passage from the mouth to the stomach. We have the stomach, whose function is going to depend on the species. We can have various structured stomachs. For example, in simple stomached animals like the pig, we sometimes call them monogastric or single compartment stomachs. The stomach is the site of chemical digestion and maybe some enzymatic digest digestion. However, in contrast, in our complex stomached animals like the ruminants, such as cattle or sheep or goats, or even pseudo-ruminants such as llamas and alpacas, there are huge microbial populations that are going to aid in digestion of nutrients. That microbial digestion is called fermentation. Once feed leaves the stomach or stomach complex, it's going to pass to the small intestine. And that's the primary site of enzymatic digestion and most nutrient absorption for the animal. Any leftover feed escaping the small intestine will pass to the large intestine, where we may see some micro microbial digestion, again depending on the species, waste preparation, and there's usually minimal absorption. Um, but again, that's totally going to depend on the species of livestock we're dealing with. So when we take a look at this anatomy and we understand that different animals need to consume different diets, we have to classify our animals' digestive systems based on both anatomy and by their diet or feeding strategy in terms of what they consume. And so diet classifications, we're talking about the primary food source for animals. These are terms you've likely heard before. An herbivore consumes mostly plant material. For our livestock, that's going to be forages and roughages, like hay, pasture, silage. Carnivores consume animal tissue, require animal protein sources, such as meat, meat and bone meal, blood meal, those types of sources. With most farm animals, we deal with a carnivore that's going to be in a predator situation more so than in a production situation. The third one we're going to talk about is the omnivore. Animals that are opportunistic and consume both plant and animal tissue. And the most common one we have are pigs in farm situations. We can use milk byproducts, blood meal, early in the pig's life to meet their protein needs, in addition to some standard corn and soybean meal-based diets. So those are the three major feeding strategies we may see in a farm setting. Mostly we're dealing with herbivores and omnivores. 
But there is a whole bunch of other classifications. Things like insectivores, fruitivores, and you can probably guess what those types of animals eat as well. We can't just base digestive system classifications on diet alone. We need to consider anatomy, especially with the herbivore livestock. When we're dealing with the herbivores, we have got to consider several elements. The first is the complexity of the stomach. Does the animal have a simple single compartment stomach or multiple compartments, such as the ruminant or pseudo-ruminant? The second is for herbivores. Students must ask, where does microbial digestion, or what we call fermentation, happen? Where is that taking place in an animal? Is it before the small intestine, the primary site of digestion and absorption of nutrients, or is it after the small intestine? So we can talk about pre-gastric fermenters, such as ruminants, like cattle and sheep. They have a compartmentalized stomach complex that is populated by billions upon billions of microbes, such as bacteria, protozoa, and fungi. And their primary job is to ferment feed that the animal consumes. Since this is prior to the small intestine of the cow or sheep, they are called pregastric or before the primary site of digestion fermenters. In contrast, we can have herbivores such as horses, guinea pigs, or rabbits that are considered post-gastric fermenters, as the primary site of microbial fermentation is in the large intestine, consisting of the cecum and colon. And since this is after the small intestine, these animals are called post-gastric fermenters. So with all of this said, we can talk about more complete descriptions for our animals. If I talk about a non-ruminant herbivore that is post-gastric fermenter, that would be the horse or the rabbit. We can also have ruminant herbivores, which implies that pre-gastric fermenter, and that's going to be our cattle, sheep, and goats. As a ruminant nutritionist, I have to give a shout out to microbial fermentation. This is what we love. Dr. Peter Van Soest in his book titled Nutritional Ecology of the Ruminant, which is one of my favorite reference books, explains the relationship between plants and animals as the following. Herbivores depend on plants for food, and in turn, plants depend on bacteria and herbivores for recycling their own nutrient requirements. This is the best example I can think of of a synergistic relationship, the microbes and the herbivores. Microbes are able to break down the cellulose and hemicellulose and plant cell walls. Did you know that mammals cannot produce a cellulase enzyme? Therefore, we have to have microbes to break down the structural components of the plant. Go herbivores! Due to this synergistic relationship or partnership of the microbes in the animals, Creatures such as cattle and sheep can utilize feeds that could not be used for human consumption. To me, this is a superpower, being able to convert cellulose into a high-quality food product for humans. Milk, meat, or even fiber 
whatever that goal may be. There are lots of terms that can be used to describe the digestive systems of animals. These can help us understand what to feed them. For example, if we know that pigs are non-ruminant omnivores, they do great on a corn and soybean meal based diet. But if we feed that same diet to a ruminant herbivore, there is a strong chance that animal is going to experience severe digestive upset, potentially even death, as they need much more fiber than the pig does. This basic understanding is the starting point for animal feeding. Keep in mind that it takes an understanding of both diet and anatomy to understand what animals can and can't eat. I hope I provided you with some fodder to ruminate on. Check out the Rumination Podcast page for links to references in this episode. Next episode, I will be digging into feed classifications, leading into how we can select appropriate feeds for our livestock. Join me next time on Rumination, Lessons in Livestock, Tips for New Livestock Producers.